welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have Danish Mumtaz, and he is a writer and father of an autistic teen and three neurotypical children. He is a TV commercials director, author, teacher, certified NLP practitioner, and Sunrise Program practitioner. He combines his experience of raising a happy autistic child together with his NLP training to help parents raise confident, empathetic, God-conscious children. So, Danish, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Danish lives in Pakistan, and I have been following him on Instagram, and I just really appreciate that your posts, for me, and I mean this as a compliment, they're simplistic in the way that you're posting everyday happenings with your oldest son. And I just think it's really a great way to raise awareness um, for autism and what autism can look like on a daily basis. So what I want to ask you is, is disability a, a taboo in Pakistan? Disability is it's not a taboo. And, and the problem with disability is, is that that's a really wide gamut of things. So, sure. so in Pakistan, uh, if you can see it, um, there is tons of support, tons of empathy, but with mm-hmm. uh, things like mental illnesses or autism or anything else uh, that you can't see, there just is, isn't enough awareness. And so it's not necessarily t- taboo, uh, but it's just a lack of awareness uh, mm-hmm. for, for things like autism. So oftentimes we call it the invisible disability. And I think that sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about. It's something that people, it exists, but it's not visible. It's not a physical disability necessarily. So I appreciate you talking about that. And I wanted to ask you what are some of the ways that, or some of the steps that you're taking as a parent? of a child with a disability to try and change the outlook on autism within your community? So um, we've recently moved to Pakistan and we used to live a few different places. We were in Dubai before. Suleiman was born in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was around seven, we moved to Malaysia. And so he kind of had, you know, he was there for seven years and he's recently moved here. And so in Pakistan, particularly, uh, one of the things that we're doing to kind of help people is we are talking about it and we're not hiding it. I was mm-hmm. at the grocery the other day and, um, you know, Suleiman, it was about 5.30 in the evening and actually it was, you know, I had promised Suleiman that we'd go to the park, but I got busy and I wasn't able to. And so when we got in the car, Suleiman had a problem. He thought we we're going to the park and I said, I'm sorry, buddy, I got to go to the grocery. We're really running out. And it was a big grocery store. It was six o'clock. It was packed with people coming back from work, trying to pick up stuff. Yes. And Suleiman was just, you know, having a really tough time transitioning from that. I was going to the park and, and, you know, he was kind of all over the place. He was jumpy. He was loud. And most people would have said, put him back in the car. I had my other three kids with me, but I thought, screw it. He is what he is. He's having a tough time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep him with me. People are going to watch. And I'm standing at the meat aisle watching my chicken get cut. And he is, you know, hands flapping everywhere. And people are looking and I'm going, I'm just like, he's autistic. I just, you know, straight from the guy, he's autistic. And 
I'm not going to stand and explain what that is, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm telling you why he is what he is. Mm-hmm. And so I think the only thing I'm really doing is just not hiding it, mm-hmm. you know? I love that. I love that you're really open about that. And I would imagine that it helps your son to feel more confident in himself as well, even if he doesn't say that to you, but he might. But maybe you've seen some confidence just from the mere fact that you're so supportive and so open about who he is, which to me shows that there's no shame in that. That's just who he is and you fully embrace it. And there's no apologies that need to be made. You're just giving a quick explanation and moving on. And you leave that to people. I I think as I have raised my own autistic children, I stopped apologizing for various behaviors at some point because it was actually somewhat damaging for my mental health. And I feel like for my children too, because they hear what we say and they take it in and they internalize it, whether they express that to us or not. I think that they feel those things. So I I have a lot of respect for that. And for the fact that you just marched right in there and got done what you needed to do and, and you took him with you and you knew that it was a little bit challenging and his behaviors would be more noticeable. And that was okay. I I really appreciate that. But I want to kind of jump off of that thought and say, you have an Instagram page. So what made you decide to start posting on a social media platform? What was the driving force behind that? That's a good question. So the one's 14 now, and I started the Instagram account last year. And before Mm -hmm. that, I was kind of using my own personal account to kind of, you know, post videos of me and him and doing this thing. And I met a dad in Malaysia whose son was about 20. And he, he, he was like amazing. He was setting up a, a business. He quit his job um, to kind of focus on setting his, his child up to kind of be independent and have his own business. And so he'd set up this little cafe and he was raising funding and he was going out there and I met him and he's really like, I was just so impressed. I was like, that is so cool. Yes. And I thought I am a I majored in communications. I do video and and film for a living. I know how social media platforms work better than the average person. Mm -hmm. And it is entirely stupid of me to not leverage autism on that. Uh, It's just crazy that I hadn't done it before. And I looked at this guy and I thought he's doing so much. He quit his job and I haven't gone as far as that, but he was the springboard. I just saw him and I thought, awesome. I want to be like him. And, and I just, um, you know, started the account and, and thought, well, what should I be really putting? And I thought, well, I'm just going to put the stuff that, that really happens. I mean, you know, there are crazy days and there are good days. And then there are, you know, um, average days. So I'm just going to put all that stuff and I'm going to tell how I'm feeling. And I am going to try and I'm just going to try and keep a positive tone about it. I think more importantly, I know stuff sucks and I'm not going to hide that. It sucks sometimes. It really does, you know, Mm -hmm. but those are momentary. I mean, you know, those are fleeting sort of, if I looked at it as a whole, I'd say I love having Suleiman, you know? Yes. If he wasn't autistic, I would have been an entirely different person, like an entirely, both me and my wife would have been completely different people. Mm -hmm. And I like who I am right now. I like 
who have become because of him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you look at it with perspective, you say, no, no, this is an entirely positive experience. And so that is the tone that I'm going to set on my Instagram because I have tons of parents who have either had their kids diagnosed just recently and are depressed and don't know what to do. And I've been there. So mm-hmm. uh, I think my job really is just to talk to parents and say, you know what? It's cool. It will work out. Trust mm-hmm. me, it will work out. I love your perspective. I love your outlook. And I want to ask you something. So the people that are coming to your account, did it start as people that lived in your community or did you notice people connecting from all over with you? To be honest, when I started it, uh, it was it was people, I think, um, mostly from the West, like there's people from the UK and the US and Canada and Australia. But more and more what happened is because people are silently suffering, uh, parents are silently suffering in Pakistan, if they have a child with autism, um, the majority of them, that they started connecting with me because I was different. Uh, They were hiding their kids' autism. They were either in denial, they had family pressure to dismiss dismiss the condition, And so they were going to me and saying, well, what's going on? You are like waving the flag everywhere and saying, hey, my kid's autistic. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, What's going on? Can you can you talk to us? And so in the beginning, I thought these guys are coming to me for advice on how to work with their child, Mm -hmm. which some of them were. But on the majority, I noticed they actually weren't. They did start out with saying, you know, we have an autistic child. He's five. And, you know, I was wondering about this. And then I realized they were calling to vent. They were calling to rant. They were calling because they just needed another autistic parent from Pakistan Mm -hmm. who understood the cultural challenges Mm -hmm. to talk to them and tell them what the next 10, 15, 20 years might look like. Yes. Oh, I love that you've been able to be in that role. And I I think I, I just think sometimes we need to know we're not the only one. And that there are other parents out there that are struggling and having hard times. And like you said, what do I do next? Those questions that parents want to know and they're watching you and your son is 14. I think I just read that he just turned 14. Today. Just <laughs> today. today. Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday to him. Thanks. That's so great. So I, I just think it's so fantastic. And I do think that half the battle for parents is just wanting to feel less isolated and less alone. And it sounds to me, one of the reasons why I was drawn to you is because I thought, what does this look like in Pakistan? How is this different than where I am in the United States? And, you know, it's interesting because parents all over the United States say things like, what state do you live in and how are the services in the state? So it is kind of a state by state issue. Is that kind of how it is in your area? So that's the thing, right? Um, The challenges that you guys have there or in the UK is that state by state, community by community, Mm -hmm. schools will change, um, legislation will change. Our problem is that we have no legislation. We have no recognition for autism. We have recognition for differently abled people, but we have no national legislative law for people on the spectrum. And then there are people, countless people I know, lawyers and stuff that are working on it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the current administration is 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 seriously focused on setting that up. But unless we have that, unless we have a national registry of people registered on the spectrum, we're not going to have conversations on a national level. We're not going to attract media attention because right now people think we're kind of this fringe issue on the sidelines of something. And I can understand in a country where there is tons of poverty and, um, you know, challenges of, you know, for, for, for people in rural areas for basic needs, I can understand how autism might seem like a fringe condition. Um, but the more I speak to people here, the more uh, I realize that, and I remind myself that autism is a spectrum and, um there are there are tons of people that are just at the beginning end of the spectrum and have the same challenges and so there's actually a lot more than what we're talking you know what we're looking at mm-hmm. and so that's the challenge i mean we need legislative change mm-hmm. you know i think maybe i've taken that for granted a little bit because we have some good legislation in place. I mean, we can do better as a country, but we have some legislation in place and that has allowed, I feel like that has allowed parents to come out of the shadows and not, I don't want to say suffer. We're not suffering, but there is an ice sense of isolation that exists and it helps. I know that for me, I'm extremely open about my children who are autistic and I mean, I'm careful. I only say things that they give me permission to say, but I'm open that I have autistic children. And I feel like part of that comes from the fact that people are becoming more open all around me too. And as a nation, and we're talking about it more. And I think that kind of helps. And that's something that drew me to you and your role on your social media platform is the fact that you're talking about it and you're helping people become more aware. And I think that even, even when we do that in small ways, it opens doors, even small doors, <laughs> and it helps lead to these bigger changes that need to take place. So that's, that's exciting that things Things are starting to happen. I hope to see legislation in Pakistan that really helps to support autistic families. Exactly. I mean, um, so, you know, when parents ask, we don't have, when when they tell me, listen, we're suffering. I know you've been to, you know, countries, more developed countries where there is legislation and we just don't have it. I'm like, well, you won't have it if you don't come out with your child and say, I have a problem. Legislation Mm -hmm. is always reactive, always, always reactive. All right. Mm -hmm. We didn't have, you know, the U.S. didn't create legislation to abolish slavery until people got up and said, this sucks. Okay, they Mm -hmm. didn't give women right to vote until women got up and said, this sucks. It happens when people raise their voice. So if you want to hide your child and hide your problem and act as if there's no problems whatsoever, he's just, you know, he's in a phase and he'll snap out of it, you know, in a couple of years, mm-hmm. then you are stopping that legislation from happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so agree with you. And I actually feel the passion behind what you're saying. And I appreciate you sharing that. I do have one more question for you. So uh, what would you share with other parents raising autistic children? Okay, so I'm going to say something that I think will hold true regardless of wherever you are, right, Um, to a certain degree. So the thing is, you if you look at your life, you are actually the combination. 
your thoughts and your actions are the combination of the five people closest to you. Just five, right? Mm-hmm. If you are in a sad, depressing crowd, if you are with parents who do not understand the condition, who are depressed, then that is going to be your condition. If you are with parents who are excited and hopeful and inspirational and are doing things, that is going to rub off on you. So for parents, I say, go and find, and this is this is on you, go and find five people, five parents raising autistic children that you look up to and say, man, that is cool. I love what they're doing and become friends with them. Okay. And they will, if, if they are, if they are worthy of your, of your all um, and they're doing it right, they will absolutely say, absolutely. You want to, you want to join us. You want to join the group. You want to connect with us. Let's do it. Join five people. They will change your mindset. They will change the way you think about things. Okay. They will, they will help you appreciate your child. They will teach you. You will learn from each other. Good things. So that's all you've got to do. Find five people in your community mm-hmm. and reach out to them and make that your circle. Wow. That is really powerful. As you were saying that, I was thinking of my five people. <laughs> so what you're saying has impact for sure. And I hope that those of you that are listening feel inspired by Danish's words. And I, I just want to ask, I guess I already said one more question, but I do want to ask you how people can contact you. Oh, um, I'm fairly open. I mean, you can just send me a message on Instagram uh, if you want to have a chat uh, because Instagram is really limiting, like <laughs> trying to type your your your, your challenges on uh, a smartphone is, is tough. I hate doing it. So I, I give people my number and I say, just give me a call, set up a time. Let's do a Zoom call, something. And I'm happy to give you, you know, uh, 20, 30 minutes to kind of talk through what's going on. That's pretty fantastic. And his Instagram is autism.dad. That's correct. For those of you that are listening, go on Instagram and follow him at autism.dad. And I just really appreciate your time and your inspirational words and your positive energy and outlook. It really does make a difference. And I think that this podcast will help that spread. And so thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Michelle. I think you're doing something amazing. I would love to learn, not learn, but I would love to do what you're doing, uh, to do podcasts and oh, kind should. of spread the message to people. And, you know, it's it's something on my bucket list that I've got to do, but I love what you're doing. I love the way that you're putting this together. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. For those of you that are listening, you can also follow me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.